0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome, everyone, to the ToneMob.com podcast, the show for people who love guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Weilen. And with me today, I have John Snyder from Creation Music Company, and we're gonna talk about pedal boards and anything else that arises. How are you doing, John? I'm doing well, man. How are you today? Pretty excellent, really. Ex-excellent, I guess excellent. that's the word. Excellent. Yes. lent <laughs> <laughs> <Excaliburland.
1: laughs>
0: Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you know. So let's see. What have you been up to? Anything
1: uh, new and interesting, exciting? Um, well, today was kind of a different kind of day. We've, um, we spent the day shooting a bunch of uh, DIY tutorials. We've been really um, working on expanding the parts we carry and actually providing support for DIYers. We feel that um, we're in a unique position where we can give people really good advice, obviously, um, because we've been building boards for such a long time and done so many of them that we can give people some pretty good advice. And I don't really see a lot. I know when I was first starting out, there was very little out there to learn how to do your own boards, and because a lot of them are such specific jobs. So like today, we we shot some videos on soldering, on how to solder up patch cables, uh, and so how to solder up like the lead cable we use on our boards. We showed them how to do that. And then we showed them how to use our different power connectors, attach the cable underneath, use the the, uh, mounting kit for power supplies, all that stuff. And we've got a lot more in store, but we we, uh, spent the majority of the afternoon filming those, and uh, we're going to film some more later this week and next week and hopefully get a whole line of videos up um, as we expound our parts on our DIY section of our website. That's
0: killer. That's something that would have helped me immensely uh, when I built my (laughs) first board which yeah. I still have and um, it's a it's a it's
1: solid it looks horrible but um, it's it's, <laughs> no, no. it's got me, good let angles in right now and... let me let me tell you something right now i'm i'm going to stop you real quick. so okay I've, I've been building boards for quite a while now but the first board i ever built literally i am embarrassed to have my name in any way attached to it considering <laughs> what i do now it uh, okay so it was it looked like just a giant really rough, not even perfectly square wooden box. Uh, because I built I tried to build it really, really, really fast. I've been doing woodworking all my life. I was like, I just gotta get something together real fast. And I literally went out and I couldn't find like hinges or anything. I literally just bought six latches for like a lift-off lid and it was just like luon uh quarter inch luon plywood and white wood sides and I spray painted it with with uh truck bed liner and put some wheels on it, and it was like the most ghetto-looking black box <laughs> you've ever seen in your life. And if you ever saw that, you would not believe it, that it, it was in any way related to creation. <laughs> it was the most mine janky actually thing sounds ever. a little better than that. That's which is weird. Uh, that's very surprising.
0: <laughs> yeah, My, well, like I, I mean, said, mine, I'm... yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> well,
1: at the, at the time, I didn't have. I, I was living in an apartment, so like I went and borrowed a friend's garage, and I had only a couple hours to toss together. And so I didn't have like access to all the tools I normally do. So I was like, I just gotta get something. I was totally like, I need something that functions, not worry about at all about aesthetics. And the second I was done, I regretted even building it. But I was like, well, that's what I got, you know. So. Well, I I will
0: I will go out on a limb and say that having a board in general is better. Even the worst board is generally better than not having one and having just a bunch of pedals laying on the floor. So. Oh
1: absolutely there yeah there's something to be said for like you know having that kind of messy pedal look but it's transporting them that's a pain like you know some guys who lay out a couple pedals i don't think that looks necessarily horrible it's the transporting that's bad like at the time i had five or six pedals i was using and you have to throw them all in their original box so they don't bang each other put all the cables in there and then you know get there and then have to put power and the cables all together and it's like it's that's the whole point of a pedal board in its essence is so you don't have to set up your rig every time. And so they don't move right in front of you. They stay in place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <clears throat> yeah. It's a, it's the first time I seen a board, it was kind of like, Oh, that's a thing. What am I doing? I'm such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah.
1: It, well, oh, it's it, It's one of those things. It's like, you know, I've been doing it, you know, for a while now, and so you don't think back to – like, it, Like it's kind of mind-blowing to think back to just, you know, when I was first starting to use pedals, it's like one of those things It's just like, duh. You start using a few pedals, you're like, I need something to put these on. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I'm tired of carrying these in a backpack back and forth. It's just – it's one of those things that just makes so much sense, but you don't even think about it until you start transporting them back and forth.
0: Yeah, exactly. It is. It is the transport that is. I mean, almost more than the use. I mean, usability is important, but the convenience of being able to transport them like that is probably the number one most important thing. And that
1: that and then the staying in place, like like you know, there's all the the bedroom guitar players that they on the floor seems okay, but then they go to hit it and it's like sliding all over the place or you know whatnot. The the staying in place is a second element, transport, and then the neatness of staying in place. Those are the the two, in my opinion, the two biggest reasons to have a board. Right. Especially if you're you're doing something
0: like a wah or a whammy, you know, that just does nothing but slide around if you have it on a floor. It's it's just a nightmare.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Especially if you've, like, taken the rubber feet off and you're on, like, a hardwood floor. It's, yeah. And then you end up scratching it. And then, you, you know, if you're a young teenager, you try to do this awesome solo in your bedroom, you just scratch your hardwood floors. Your parents gonna kill you and take the wall away and that's no good either. So yeah, the whole the whole situation. Yeah.
0: The point is what we're what we're here today to do is to say you should probably get a pedal board if you don't have one already, and uh, you should probably buy one from creation. That's what we're getting at. No, <laughs> yeah, well,
1: you know, I'll I'll take it. Yeah. You probably yeah. need a pedal board. If you've got more than one pedal, you need a board. That that's the bottom line.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's true. That is very true actually now that now that you think about i think about it one of the guitar players in my band he did the the bag thing for a long time like long like long after there's three guitar players in my band and um he 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 put up with the bag thing forever and like yeah. I, he knew what he wanted in a board and he could d i y stuff pretty easily um you know he had a lot of skill that way he had a, the cabinet that he built for his his little amp, he built a little one by 12. It was just phenomenal looking. You would never know that was a DIY thing. It looks great. And, um, yeah, it was, it just amazes me what, now that we've had this conversation, like how long he went a couple of years of putting his power supply in the bag. Everything was in the bag. It, mm-hmm. it was kind of funny. And then he finally got a board done and it was like he, his life, his life just changed forever. He's just loving it now. So,
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. I think the only person that made it cool to not have a pedal board was Kurt Cobain. And, you know, he, that's because he used, like, two pedals. Right. And you can get away with it when you have two pedals. But you get that two or three or you know four pedal mark, you need a board, even if it's a mini board. Yeah, for sure. So a little bit of a, a
0: side thing, or not a side thing, but something I like to ask everybody that comes on. Uh, I kind of like to dig into people's musical beginning so to speak uh you sure. know like I, that's that's always an interesting subject for me so just from when you started playing or whenever you want to say, say like if you were inspired by listening to somebody or whatever like when
1: i started music in general or started guitar Blake, you there oh there you are okay yeah. i thought i
0: lost you for a second no, no i said
1: like starting music in general or started playing guitar
0: Oh yes, yes. Uh, music in general, and
1: then you can kind of weave the whole story together for us. Sure, no, absolutely. Okay, so um, I'm my dad was a musician. He had gone, uh, he he was in band all through middle school and high school, and he actually was a music major in college. Uh, he ended up not finishing, so but originally he wanted to be like a band director. So when we were kids, just you know, basic music 101, I guess he would pull out some recorders and let us blow hot cross buns on them uh, <laughs> right. uh, I mean just your basic music 101 so that was like the first start but the um, I used to always tap and, and bang on pots and pans and tap with pencils and whatnot and I was very very much a percussionist at heart um so but we I remember we switched schools and in sixth grade we went to school that had a uh, band program and uh, so my dad was mainly a saxophone and clarinet player so my brother chose saxophone because we both switched at the same time. And uh, so I wanted to be different. I didn't even think about percussion being an option. I was just thinking wind instruments. So uh, we went to the music store, and I said, I think I want to play trumpet. And so the, the, the guy at the music store was even like trying to talk my parents out of it. Uh, you know, trumpet's hard. A lot of kids get it, and they quit. He should come down and try it first. And apparently, I guess I was a natural because I could buzz the mouthpiece on the first try. so uh anyway so we we got a trumpet and i i went through school with that and i actually did very well with it um we the school we were at did a lot with jazz bands so it wasn't a lot of concert and classical they did that like your first year but then like the rest of the time they pretty much focused on jazz band because it was a smaller school and that was an easier program for them to run um anyway so i did well with trumpet and about eighth grade uh my uh, I think previously my parents had bought me a set of drumsticks and a practice pad and then in 8th grade uh, they bought me my first drum set and that kind of became my side passion. I would do trumpet at school and I practiced it at home as well but you know second I got home from school I would play drums uh, non-stop and uh, anyway <clears throat> so uh, but I wasn't very good for, for a long time um, so we, we, we ended up moving uh, between 8th and ninth grade. I went to a different school that had a different program completely and had I stayed at the previous school, I probably would have stuck with trumpet a little bit more in depth and longer because I would actually practice then. I lost, started to lose interest about 10th grade and didn't practice as much. But uh, I, I did lead uh, jazz trumpet all through high school up until 11th grade, and then I just senior year I just stopped altogether. But uh, drums started to take over about 9th, 10th grade. I remember I started in my uh, first band uh, halfway through 9th grade. And of course it was a metal band cuz you know that's what was cool for high schoolers in the early 2000s is punk and metal and so of we were like yeah exactly so we we were like you know had the studded bracelets and we thought we were so cool and you know we'd play Metallica covers and whatnot and uh so anyway um, I got kicked out of my first band because I still sucked. <laughs> so. Especially
0: if you're playing metal, you kind of, the drummer's pretty key. What's well, what not... happened was they were like, "Oh,
1: you gotta get a, you gotta get a double bass. You gotta get a double bass." So I went out and got a double bass drum pedal, and I'd never tried it before. And like, I had no idea what I was doing. And then when I did finally learn a double bass roll, I couldn't keep it in time. Uh, so it was really bad all around. But I will say this: that getting kicked out of the band was the best thing. Ever happened to me musically, and I know that sounds strange, but what it was is it made me take a hard look because I've been playing drums at that point for like two years, two and a half years, something like that. And I took a hard look of uh, what was my priority. Was it like concert band trumpet and all that? Because I was very good at that; I always was. Um, but did, what did I want to be serious about drums? Because this guitar player, who was a friend of mine, who kicked me out of the band that I started, told me I sucked, and he's like, "That's just why. You know, we found somebody who's better. You, you're not good like we want." So about six months went by, and I'm not kidding or exaggerating, I would practice drums two to three hours a day, every day, after school, for about six months straight. And I went and I started looking up videos, I started uh, uh, looking at YouTube, um, or just online videos in general, looking up rudiments, different things, and just start practicing my rear end off, and it uh, paid off. I got another band, we started doing okay, and then we... St- we, again, we moved again uh, between ninth and or between eleventh and twelfth grade, um, and then I, I started getting more involved playing at church. Um, so that was kind of my first start actually playing because up until then it would be jamming with friends in little bands and doing some little recordings, um, or but it was never or or by myself at home. But I was never playing with other people really. So then coming up about my senior year, I started really getting involved playing at church, and that helped me. Um, to really kind of learn to groove with other people and to play in time and, and different things like that more than just jamming or covering some rock song. Um, learning how to follow wherever the song goes. Uh, that was really important uh, you know, playing in, in the groups at church. Um, and so yeah, then, um, uh, graduated high school. Uh, and I, oh, excuse me, I'm gonna back up a second. So my senior year, right towards the end, I got a job at a music store. Um, it was a local mom and pop shop and I had had a guitar that somebody had just bought me more of like a toy. i I had messed with it, but I never learned to play it. And so I was working at this music store. And I bought my first electric guitar after a few months working there and I still have it to this day and I'll never sell it cause it's still my favorite guitar. Um, it's kind of a cult following. It's a Ibanez jet King and it's the jet King two in the sunburst. Um, they made this guitar less than a year. Now I had a nice drum set that I bought, um, and I knew where to look to get better pricing. But this, this, you, you hear how like all those big box stores do like list price and then their sale price. Well, of course, this store actually sold everything for the list price. It's the only store I've ever experienced in my life that actually sold it for the highest possible retail list price. Okay, that's very strange. It's very strange. So they had this guitar there, and it said three ninety nine on it, no case. And then it has special limited edition silver case that was $129. And now this is back in 2006. Um, so guitar price has gone up a little since in the last 10 years or so. Um, and so anyways, I went on. First thing I did was I went, on, went home and I went and looked online. And I was like, well, I can find it cheaper somewhere else. I know where to buy this stuff. And could not find it anywhere. I couldn't find it on any of the big box stores or any of the mail order websites, uh, eBay or anything like that. Couldn't find it. And finally, I was like, "I want this guitar. I want to learn guitar." And uh, so I just bit the bullet. I put it on layaway, and I and here's the crazy thing: that store, as an employee, only gave me like ten percent off. They were selling for the wow. full list price and gave me like ten percent off. So I I actually know that one. They didn't because I hadn't worked there long enough. They gave me discounts and stuff later on, but that was I paid full list uh, five twenty nine for the combo. Um, Anyway, so I laid it away, got the thing paid off. I started taking guitar lessons, paying for them out of my own pocket, um, and I just decided I wanted to learn guitar. And then I picked up bass a little bit as well. And I started filling in both at church every now and then, just whatever was needed each week. And uh, uh, anyway, so I, I went, I went ahead, and uh, the next year I, because I, I had stayed at home a year and, and didn't do college right away, I did some community college, and but I didn't go away to college. The following year, I went to a uh, school in St. Louis for praise and worship, and they had amazing guitar teachers. and We played music every day, and it was just a great experience musically, um, building my chops. So I didn't play a lot of guitar. I mainly still played drums up there, but um, I, I, I played every now and then. And I, and I took a lot of lessons from really, really high end teachers. Um, and Then. From there, I moved back to Tulsa, where I'm at now. I grew up in Tulsa. I moved away, and then I, I moved back to Tulsa for, to go to another school. I went to Bible school here in Tulsa, and I didn't really do much with music for about two years. I worked at Guitar Center. I played drums all the time there, but I didn't really do much with playing music out. I would just jam a couple times here and there with friends. But I, I wasn't really playing at a church, um, and, and I wasn't really playing much at home other than you know, drums still. Um, but as far as guitar I'm talking about, I wasn't doing much of that. And so after we graduated I met my wife at Bible school we went back to Arizona where she's from and uh, uh, we went and um, was, her brother was the worship leader there and after he stepped down they, the church literally had no other guitarists and so I kind of pulled out my my acoustic and started brushing up my skills because I hadn't really played much in a couple years and from then it's been serious for about the last oh see that was 20 so about the last five, six years, I've been really serious about guitar. Um, So I started playing like uh, rhythm acoustic for the church. um, And then we ended up moving back to North Carolina where I had been in high school. And we stepped into a leadership role. And my wife and I led worship there for three years. And, uh, you know, it was good prep work because just the previous few months, I had pulled out the guitar, started brushing up my skills again. And all of a sudden we started leading worship. They had no one else. And so the last... Uh, I've been back in Tulsa now for a year but the three previous years we were worship leaders there and I was playing you know four, uh, anywhere from three to four times a week um, and, and practicing at home and being very serious about guitar for the first time because uh, mostly up until then it's still really been mostly drums so but for the last uh, uh, three or four years has been really solidly guitar right So I know it's a little long-winded I, I I'm a very if you, you'll find out if I keep talking I'm very detailed. I'm very long winded and it's just how I am. So I will try to be more brief, but yeah, sorry for the long explanation, but that that's the history of John Snyder in its most explicit detail. Oh man, that's exactly what we need. We need to know
0: that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's what it's all about. Um, I want, I want to hear all that. So how did, uh, how did you start creation? Like, okay, obviously you're a guitar player. You've, you've realized what you like in gear, etc. as we all kind of go on that path. How did you kind of realize creation uh, as a, as a business? So was it one of those things where you, you make a couple for friends and they say, Hey, some, and, and it just kind of rolls from there. Or how did that, how did that
1: happen? Well, that that's exactly what happened It is again, I, I was leading worship at that church. I gotten uh, very, started to get really serious about guitars and I, I knew about gear. I've always been a gear head, and you know I worked at uh, Guitar Center, and then I started working at another music store. Back when we moved back to North Carolina, I was a worship leader there. I was, worked at the music store on the side, giving drum lessons and 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 selling stuff. Um, so I started getting pedals, and like like I said earlier, I, you know I got tired of transporting them, so I made that really lousy pedal board, um, and I knew I could do better because I knew woodworking. I've been doing that my whole life with my dad. I mean, we, we I used to watch New Yankee Workshop every Saturday morning after pancakes with my brothers and dad. We would sit and watch New Yankee Workshop on PBS every morning, and then we'd do little projects here on the side in my dad's garage. Like, that's just what I did growing up. So I made this really lousy one. I was like, this is terrible. I can do a lot better than this. So I think I had three or four pedals, and instead of buying another one, I – went and I looked and I found a table saw on Craigslist and I had the money for a pedal. I knew the one I wanted. I said, you know what I'm gonna hold off And literally that that is the the one exact point where I where I can trace back to that's how the company truly started. I said, I'm buying a table saw because I haven't had one access to one in years. And then I'm going to – because most of my dad's tools had been in storage. He had sold some of them and because they, they had moved a couple times and, or they were in storage. And so we, I just didn't have access to my dad's tools anymore. So I said I'm buying myself a table saw and a couple other small tools. So I didn't buy a pedal. I bought a table saw, and I went and I took some old um, wood flooring. We had really oh, nice can – I
0: can I stop you for just a second? Sure. Uh, just because I, I know if I'm thinking it, then everybody else is thinking it too most likely. What pedal was that that you passed on for the table saw? Cuz uh, I'm a it, weird gearhead
1: like that. It was a delay. I had been dying to get a DL4 delay. And okay. uh, so I at the time I think I had a boost, I had a volume pedal, I had a tuner and then I had just gotten an old Marshall RF1 reflector reverb. And this is all for acoustic at the time and I decided I wanted Oh to okay. Del- yeah, it was it was all ma- I was doing electric a little bit but I didn't have a really good amp so I wasn't really trying to do electric. So this is, these were mostly for my acoustic with plans to turn it into an electric board later. So I decided I wanted a DL-4. I never did get a DL-4 because about the time I finally decided to pull the trigger, they came out with a Flashback X4 by TC Electronics. And yeah. I, I decided I wanted that. And since then I've had, I don't even know how many delays because I've just been absorbed by gear the last couple of years. Um,
0: I've seen your Periscope. You got delay. the delay game is totally covered.
1: Yeah, yeah. Was, <laughs> you know it, it's part of it is being in this industry now. I'm getting, I'm, I have so many, I've made so many friends and contacts. I genuinely want to own their stuff to support them, as well as I, I genuinely just, just find pleasure in having these things and getting to play with them. I'll, I'll tell you my plans for my, for my board and my pedals here in a little while. But back, back to kind of how it started. So, I, like I said, I took yes. some, I took, I took a table saw, and I had some cherry hardwood left over that from a, a project I had done on my parents' house. Um, we had some really nice, like old school, thick wood flooring. It wasn't veneered or engineered hardwood. It was straight up, almost one inch thick um, uh, cherry. So anyway, I I didn't have a router or a dovetail uh, jig at the time, but I I said, okay, well I can I can build a board out of cherry, and so it was very similar to um, to your you know your typical mass produced pedal board these days, uh, but. Made out of wood, and so I did a nice stain on it. And then I said, you know what? I want to give it more character, so I beat it up and I put extra stain on it, and I kind of reliced it, if you will. And yep. uh, and then I realized that um, I wanted to do another. So I used it for a little bit, and then I decided I wanted to do another one. And so I sold that one on Craigslist. I used the money to start doing some other stuff with them, and I, I built myself what was the first prototype, and it was a, a suitcase style pedal board. Um, and about that time, I had a friend that I went to Bible school with, and I reconnected with him, and we we apparently were both in Gear Talk, or, or excuse me, no, he I saw him posting something to Gear Talk on Facebook, and I was like, what's Gear Talk? And he, so he told me, and we got in, and then through that we reconnected, we started talking a lot about gear. And so um, he was telling me his plans for a pedal board, and I showed him what I had been building and, and what I was trying to do with mine, and so he, he was actually, he had some really nice pedals, like... He had some nice Strymon and some uh, JHS overdrives and whatnot, um, and but he he was having a, put, putting them in a really odd order, and I was like, hey, what if you put them in this order? And so I don't know, I guess he respected me after that, you know, my my input, and he really liked it, and so he saw he saw the board I was doing, and he said, well, what what about this? And he drew up what he would like to have, um, and the size, and I made some suggestions, and I kind of sent him a drawing back. He's like, dude, you should build that for me. And uh, and the, I showed him I as a, and this whole time I'm building more and more my own project. And as I showed him pictures, like, dude, you need to do this as a business. And so I decided to I would do one for him. About that time, my dad had been traveling a lot, and we were renting a house from them. And so he came back to town, and he saw what I was doing, and he said he said that he would really like to get involved with something like that. My dad's a little older. And uh, he's, he said he had always been looking for something that was kind of like a, you know, a side job, woodworking type thing that he could do as he started to come into his retirement years. So we talked about it at length, and, you know, I was still doing, like I said, a lot of other jobs. I was still teaching lessons at two places. I was the worship leader at the church. I was doing something else, too. I can't remember. But we decided to take it on. It was never intended to be a business, ever. It was always intended to be a side job. And, um, got so it. Anyway, what was that? Oh, I, I said, I, I got it. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so yeah,
0: that's interesting.
1: Yeah. I, I never in a million years thought I would be doing what I'm doing today ever. So anyway, I took on my friend's project about that time. I, I was almost done with his and he sent me another friend. And so we had decided that we were, th- we were at that time we were considering doing his business. We, and when the other friend came along, we decided to go ahead and do it. So I had been running a lesson studio out of the church called creation music studio and you know i just I ha- it was a completely different logo and everything but the light bulb was the same the one we use today in our logo and right. so uh i don't know i just i said oh, we'll call it you know creation pedal boards and you know we'll do the same name or whatever i have no idea why i did that um anyway so uh, we decided to start his business my dad actually pulled money out of his retirement and invested like he's like i see what you're doing you're doing good quality stuff. I, th- I think that this can be something for you to do on the side. It can turn into something. I want to help support you in that. And that genuinely spoke volumes to me for that. And he, so I started doing it even through the week so because I had a couple orders. And I was just doing it as a hobby, trying to learn how to do it even better. And then we'd get another order. And next thing you know, it turned into more of a, a side job that I would do through the week in between my other jobs. And then I pulled back from one lesson studio because all of a sudden this creation started to get orders and it's like, well, I have to build them. And then, so, was this I, all through your website or or where were the orders coming from? Just well, I from had personal connections. A, I had put up a Facebook. I didn't even put up a website right away, and it, it was word of mouth. And then I I did the Instagram, and I just started putting up photos of what we were doing while we were doing them. And next thing you know, I had had a couple boards built, and so I took the photos and. Kind of put them up on the website. I didn't put it to where you could just purchase on the website, um, but it was more like informational. So people would contact us. We'd talk about a build. I would price it out for them, and you know, it was kind of uh, one of those things. I have. It just kind of happened over the first like six months or so, and then so it's in the big. The big game changer, if you will, was I had um, just decided I was going to put more time into it. Still not sure if I wanted to do it full time. Because the money wasn't there, obviously. You don't make money for a new company for a year or two uh, whenever it's an upstart. And I knew that. But yeah. I was considering, okay, well, maybe I'll put in the time in now and it'll turn into something later. Well, anyway, about that time, something really bad happened. Um, my dad had a really secure job and he had taken um, a, a significant chunk of his retirement and put it towards us. I shouldn't say significant, but but a decent chunk of some retirement money put it towards us. Well. He had – about this time, he had gotten a new boss, and the boss – my dad had been promised promotions over some time. Anyway, long story short, this boss and my dad didn't quite agree on something, and the boss used his authority to go ahead and terminate my father's position. So my dad's 60 years old – almost 60 years old, and he's actually just spent some of his retirement money, and now he's out of a job. So then all of a sudden, we said, well, let's really push – really make a go of this. And hopefully, you know, in six months or a year, we can start turning on a profit. And so my dad lived on his retirement all last year. They, they, And when we moved from uh, about, oh, and excuse me, there's a really important detail. I'm skipping. I don't know why. Um, so about that time, my brother who lived here in Tulsa, uh, he called us up because he heard about my dad's job. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about re- investing in your company for quite some time and hearing about you know, dad's job, I think, I think you guys are doing something really cool. I think you can turn it into something. I'd like to get up and be a part of it. But if you move to Tulsa, I feel like I can help you guys even more versus you guys still being in North Carolina. And he said, it's not contingent on me investing, but I think that that can really help you guys. Um, so, you know, honestly, we're Christians. So we thought, and we prayed about it for some time. And I, I, kind of knew right away that that's what we would end up doing. But we took a little time. We prayed about it and felt like that was the sound decision. So we moved to Tulsa. So all last year, um, we we took very little from the company to try and build it up. And so my dad sold his house. He he just kind of lived off some um, uh, retirement and some, uh, um, uh, uh, what's it called, Uh, unemployment. And we just built the company. We just worked as hard as we possibly could. And we started to really get, get in a groove and get things Going really well, and get the quality way, way, way up. About last summer when we moved into the shop, we were able to make a lot of changes to start making things faster, start making them more efficiently. Really hone in on making everything a repeat process, which helps quality just you know shoot through the roof versus just being everything being a one-off. Um, so yeah, it, it's just it's all paid off. And then somewhere about earlier this this late this winter, early this spring, we just all of a sudden started to explode. We were starting to do really well last fall, and then we did really, really well last, you know, um, like like we did like a Black Friday sale or something, and then through that cool Christmas season we did well, and then it just kind of slowed down. And then about the spring, like I said, we just absolutely exploded, and we've just been trying to hold on as best we can ever since then. We're almost at this point growing at a rate faster than I can I can handle, and it's, it's a really good, really exciting time. Uh, you know, we're trying to control our growth, if you will, but like for instance, um, we're out of space at our shop. We're we're uh, we actually just found out yesterday that finally we've, we've been waiting for it for some time, but the unit next door to us is finally probably going to be opening up here in another month or two. And the second it does, we're punching a hole through the wall and we're we're doubling our space because we're starting to do big volume and it's really exciting to see. Um, so it's kind of like it's just one of those really exciting times, you know, you, you see two solid years of hard work and taking very little out of something and reinvesting it back into company finally start to pay off, you know, um, just really exciting. But, you know, back to the beginning, I never in a million years thought I would be doing this. Uh, this is, this isn't even what I plan to do with, with things, but I love it every single day. It's something new and exciting and fun. I get to see it just kind of, grow. And my ideas out, it's like, I have this idea. I run with it. And all of a sudden you get to see that idea, you know, come back and, and bring you a return. It's just awesome. I think a lot of it,
0: the success can be attributed to the way you um, treat and interact with your, your customers and, and those you have on social media that are following you. Cause it's like, Oh, it's pretty obvious that he actually does Genuinely care about the people who are using his stuff, not just moving things out the door, which is a totally different mentality. And I, I think that's that's probably where you're getting a lot of this word of mouth and a lot of this, uh, uh, this uh rapid growth right now is is just coming from that. Yeah. Just, it's a it's a because it's a
1: people appreciate that you appreciate them and they want to support that. So well, you know. I, I can see that point. I definitely, I think I agree with that. I think that's the majority of it. I don't, I guess the thing is with me is, and I don't, I don't know about others, uh, but the thing I've, I guess that might set me apart is I always try and make sure I maintain the, mi- the mindset that I had from when I first started. I'm honored to be able to do what I do. I'm humbled when people appreciate the work I've done and I never want to get to a point where I take that lightly, because people are giving me their money to build them something. They might not, you know, they might have seen other ones. They've seen examples of my work, but you know, they've got this idea in their head a lot of times, and or they're, you know, even if they're building something or even if they're purchasing something that's you know in stock and standard on the site. The the bottom line is, you know, it's a boutique item. It's handmade. There, people are are giving me their money and trusting that it's going to be a quality product. And I never want to be taken advantage of. I never want to be given the runaround. And um, it's getting, I will say this, it's getting a little harder to keep up the communication level that I've done. But in my mind, I'd rather work extra hours at night to catch up. than. And that has to be said to some degree, you know, that you have to make time for family. You have to keep balance in your life. But, I would rather stay an hour or two later and catch up, than ignore somebody's emails or get behind on stuff. And that has happened. I mean, I, there's there's definitely been people that I've not responded to for a day or two, and it, it I I honestly feel bad when that happens. But that's that. I guess that's the bottom line. Is I never want to lose that sense of I am honored to be able to work in this industry and to have earned the reputation I have. I honestly, every now and then, I kind of have one of those like surreal moments, like. You know, how, wh- how did I get here kind of thing? You know, I'm it, like, for instance, at Nam, I, I won't say, I don't, I don't want to name drop, so I won't say a name, but I walked up to somebody who was like, Hey, you know, I'm, 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 John from creation. He's like, Oh yeah, no, I know who you are. I was like, really? <laughs> what? <laughs> a- and it's that, that, that's exactly where I'm at. It's like, I, I never want to get that. I would never want that to feel normal. Like, I don't mean that I, you know, am, am a fanboy and like th- these people are normal people. I've gotten to the point where I'm comfortable around other people that are well-known, other other well-known builders, bigger, much bigger companies than me, or even artists. I've got to the point where I'm comfortable around them, but I never want to lose that feeling of I'm honored that they know who I am. They've, they're, I'm honored that they appreciate my work because um, the second I do that, then it's about me and not the customers. Right. That's a good mindset to have. Thanks. That's a
0: very good mindset to have. I think, uh, well, I think it shows through. So,
1: well, I appreciate You're... that. We we definitely try hard to keep to stay level headed. Um, yeah. But yeah.
0: Anyway, good stuff. <laughs> so, since, since since this is a, a gear podcast, let's talk about your current rig.
1: What current rig?
0: Oh, uh, is it uh, not? Is it all over the place? It's like my nose okay. Right now. <clears throat>
1: so you would think that owning a pedalboard company, I would own a pedalboard. I do In not, theory. I do <laughs> not currently own a pedalboard.
0: Well. And, <laughs> okay, isn't that a conundrum?
1: It, well, okay, so here's what happened. Um, After
0: all our pedalboard talk early on in this episode. <sighs> I know. This is so shocking. This is a shocking revelation. <laughs> so, okay, so, I was rocking. Wait, hey, there. hold on. We got to rewind. I think there, if you have... M- if you have more than three pedals, you definitely need a board. That's I wonder where I heard that. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm just kidding. Go ahead. No, I
1: know, I know. No, I, I, that's not to say I haven't been using a board. It's I don't oh, okay. own a board. Okay, so so here's what happened. Um, I was using the very first board we ever built, and I was using that all through the first year of the company. We got to the new shop. Uh, last summer and I, I still had that board set up and then I got some new pedals and I took some off and they're like, you know what? I'm just going to tear the whole thing apart one day and I'm going to build myself a new board. And so um, I, I did that and then I, I started, I joined a new church and I auditioned and they put me on the schedule and I'm not kidding. Day before I was supposed to play, I realized I didn't have a board that, or that I had torn mine apart to the point that it was unusable again um, because I had broken something on it and I didn't have time to repair it and all that stuff. So it was just not even usable. So I literally built a board. Or I took one of our standard lines. I assembled it. I wrapped it. And I just built it. And I wired the whole thing up in one afternoon, um, start to finish. It was plain, uh, plain wood to being completely wired up before I left for the day. Or I stayed a little late. And um, – so I used that for quite a while. We had some, we had a line of gig bags at one point. We're getting a new one, but so I grabbed a gig, bag, gig bag off the shelf and I took, I grabbed the board and that, that was my rig all through the winter. And so I want to say about, about March or April, my, uh, I was talking to my wife and my dad, my, my, my brother, who's the partner of the company and my sister-in-law, we were all uh, somewhere eating one day and we we're talking and they're like, you know, you're whenever you go out and play, you're representing the company. You should you should have the nicest board possible. You should have like a show board, and and you should you know represent the company wherever you go and play. And as, as this is what creation can do. And I'm real simple. I'm I don't I love the nice ones. Um and and like I said, that's why I'm building a nice one. But um, you know I, I'm I'm one of those people. Of I'd rather. If I've got a stock of nice hardwood, I'd rather sell it and build it for someone else and just not worry about myself for a while. That's just kind of how I've gotten to be. Um, So anyway, they talked me into it, and I I went the very next day, and I said, all right, we're going to start a new board. I'm not playing for a couple weeks, and uh, we'll we'll build one before I play again. And so I ripped my board apart. I even just tossed it on reverb, and I sold the board. and then I got busy again. Then <laughs> I didn't build it. And um, you didn't build it. I didn't build. I didn't build <laughs> oh it. And no. This was, this was in May. Um, and then, or no, this was in April. So, and and then, so we. I didn't build the board. And then, um, then I couldn't decide what I wanted. Um, and that's still where i kind of am. I finally decided that I want to go up one size, um, but I haven't decided which wood I want because I decided I'm gonna go ahead. If I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna do an exotic wood. Uh, it's going to be kind of like a, a, a life board for me. Um, so I'm deciding on the wood, but here, here's my current plan. I am splitting into three pedal boards, and I'm doing that to, okay. sh- to kind of showcase what we can do. So I have more pedals right now that I know what to do with because of friends I've had in the industry that I've done trades with and or have sent me stuff or I've just bought because I, I wanted their pedals. Um and anyway, so I've got a ton of pedals right now, and I want to show off my friends. Um, so what I'm doing is I'm splitting off into three boards. The first one is one of our mini boards, the Streamliner. Well, not the Streamliner. I'm going to do the Heritage Rhythm, which at the time of recording this podcast is not released, but at the time this pod gets re- podcast gets released will be on our website. It is our Heritage Series shrunk down to the rhythm size, so it's the mini pedal board. Um, so I'm going to put up together a, a mini electric guitar rig, on that, um, and I'm probably going to do that out of walnut with the gig bag. And that's going to be like my grab-and-go board. So I'm going to have like a compressor, two drives, reverb and delay, maybe change it up with a couple other things. Okay, and then i am decided I'm going to do an acoustic rig. I'm going to um, do a uh, 17 by 12 and a half board. Um, I'm going to have the uh, a small volume pedal on it. I'm still deciding some of the other pedals, but it'll will have a boost, it will have a, a tremolo, it will have a delay and a reverb, and then it also will have a direct box, um, and then I'm also going to have a microphone in and out for it, and I'm going to use a a, a, micro, a vocal pedal for that line. So there'll be two separate oh, okay. signals, guitar in and out, mic in and out. And then, uh, and that will probably also be out of Walnut or possibly another exotic wood, I haven't decided. And then... Um, the my, my main board will be a 2416, and it will have a lot of drives and my modded VP, and it'll have a Matthews effects conductor uh, tremolo um, with tap tempo. It'll have two delays: a uh, Caroline effects um, uh, kilobyte delay, and the new uh, Walrus audio bellwether. Mm. Um,
0: most <laughs> like
1: yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I love the Bellwether. Oh. I love that pedal. And uh, the acoustic board will have my L cap on it, um, by Strymon. And then my grab and go board will have the uh, Greer Effects, or sorry, Greer Amps uh, Black Tiger Delay.
0: Um, that thing looks cool. Thing looks really cool. That
1: thing sounds cool. Okay, so I, he, I about laughed my head off. So Nick Greer is getting it, it, uh, uh, interviewed by I can't remember if it was Reverb or Premier Guitar at NAMM. And all of a sudden, like he, they said, what, what is, what's it like? He's like, well, it's like an oil can delay and a uh, tape delay got together and uh, and uh, made a baby. Yeah. <laughs> In the middle of getting re-interviewed. I just started laughing my head out because he's, he's just a hilarious guy. We were sharing a booth and having a good time. So anyway, those are what the delays will be. Um, uh, I'm still deciding on the reverb for the grab-and-go board. For most likely, a Hall of Fame mini on the acoustic board. Um, and then the Arbuckle trim by Greer. The for sure on my main board I will have a Ramps Lightspeed. Um, I'm still I've got I've recently acquired a bunch of new drives so I'm still deciding where they'll all go. Um, I just actually I just discovered a new Overdrive uh, two days ago. Um, there's apparently a local builder here in town um, that built one and. He came out of the shop and he showed it to me, and I, I honestly fell in love. It's an original circuit; it's not a, it's not based off anything. He literally just played with circuits on a breadboard until he found something he liked, and he called it the Aerostat. And uh, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm genuinely shocked, and it's it's funny because we're both in the same town. And I just happened to meet each other on Instagram, found out we're both in Tulsa, got together and loved his stuff. It was it was, it was a great drive. So what's it, what's know. the
0: name of his company?
1: Uh, Killer Otter Electric.
0: Killer Otter, I like that. That's yeah. good stuff. I like well, that Well, I think name. it's funny
1: because we've got Killer Otter here in Tulsa, and then down in Oklahoma City, we've got Walrus Audio. So I guess we like, you know, sea creatures here in Oklahoma in the Midwest. <laughs> I don't, I don't quite understand that
0: myself. <laughs> but that's, that's funny. This is the the second. I I'm gonna have to talk to some of the guys over at Walrus because this is the second episode that their name has been brought up and 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 questioned. Why that <laughs> is where they went because. It's it's phenomenal, but I don't know where that came from.
1: Yeah, and and they're great guys. Um, I'm friends with uh, Colt Westbrook um, over there, and dude, that dude is a tr- is a trip. He's just the nicest guy. He's super friendly and he's hilarious. So yeah, if you get a chance to talk with Colt um, or or Jason, Jason's their general manager. He's a great guy too. Um, but yeah, the Walrus are just awesome guys. So if you get a chance to talk with him, you surely should. But uh, yeah, you know what's amazing? Okay, so. I, I had no idea we had this many companies in Oklahoma when I moved here. But I moved back to Tulsa. I'm just a few miles from Emerson Custom. I'm 20 minutes down the road from Lava Cable. We're in our shop's technically in Bixby, even though it's it's really Tulsa. And a uh, uh, Lava Cable's over in Owasso, which is another you know suburb ish of Tulsa. And so um, one's north, one's south. So Lava Cable's on the uh, is north of Tulsa. We're south of Tulsa. And then you, down in Oklahoma City, you've got Walrus Audio, you've got Old Blood Noise Endeavors, and you've got Keeley. Um, and then back to here in Tulsa, you've got you know Killer Otter, which they're, they're smaller because they're just starting out, but you should really check them out because their good stuff's going to be awesome. Um, so like I said, Lava, Emerson, Walrus, Old Blood Noise, Keeley, Us. And then you, there's a, there's some other amp companies and whatnot. But down also in Oklahoma City, you have Mammoth, electronics who sells all to the diy community and then just outside of oklahoma joplin which is on the border is mjt guitars and it's just like holy crap how do we get all these companies just in such a small area oh and there's another small guitar builder in town named uh seth lee jones slj guitars he's a master luthier his stuff's phenomenal so he's in town too so it's like where do we get all these people like we you could literally build a solid rig from start to finish, pedalboard cables and pedals, just from the companies in Oklahoma, and have a really solid rig.
0: Yeah,
1: without a doubt, that's uh I,
0: You know, I was doing the math on that the other day, cause, uh, I I was looking at some of the Keeley stuff, and I was like, oh, there is a lot of guys down there. Like, yep. wow. I mean, that's, I you know, I was kind of thinking we have a lot of, we have a lot of companies in, in our area too, um, over here in Portland. And uh, oh, yeah, you've got a lot of companies. Yeah, it's it's it was I was trying to like I was thinking of, like it's interesting how the, the communities kind of pop up. I mean, not that there isn't companies all over the all over the place, but very interesting to see like the high concentrations in
1: certain areas. Sure. It's, it's kind of it's kind of a trip. Sure. I wonder well, I wonder what that's all about. It's funny. I I forgot you were in Portland for a second, and uh, you know, I was just talking the other day to Casey Marvin over at Veritas Guitars. That guy. Oh yeah, that guy. Have you met him or talked to him yet? I have not. And and there you go. The the this is the, the again
0: second time in a podcast that uh, has been suggested that I get in touch with him. So I'm gonna have to go ahead and do that.
1: If Casey Marvin, if if he gets if he ever listens to this, I'm just gonna give him a shout out real quick. Casey Marvin is, like, one of the nicest guys in the industry. And, you know, I've been, I know people say that all the time. Oh, and, you know, this company's great. And the guy who runs it's such a nice guy. But genuinely, Kay, I met him at Nam, and we, we've talked – we texted here and there a little bit. But we, we had a phone call the other day, and it was just a pleasant time. That guy is hilarious, and he's super friendly, and he knows his stuff. Like, he sold me on a Veritas guitar. And I didn't even plan on it. Like I'm, I, I, I didn't buy one. That's not what I'm saying. But I will be getting a Veritas guitar in the future because he knows his stuff. Um, he's, yeah. a, he's a, he actually teaches a luthery school. He's a master luthier and he actually teaches it. Um, so he's very knowledgeable. He knows what his, what he's doing. A lot of really well known guys play his stuff. So anyway, I'll just leave it at that. But you, if you get a chance, you definitely should talk to him because he's killer. Yeah, I need to get. I'm, I'm gonna have to reach out and.
0: Like well, you know, I was going to reach out after uh, Chris Benson told me I should talk to him, and then uh, now you're telling me I was like I'm gonna have to get get in touch with this guy. Plus, I think the Portlander is just sick. It, the the, yes. the the shape of it, the, that it's like this, it's like well, kind of like Nick said about his delay. It's like a Les Paul Nutelli had a baby to me.
1: Yeah, very and much so. So awesome. Very much so. So was that was that Chris Benson from Benson Amps? I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast before today. Oh yeah, before. Today. Oh yeah,
0: that was. Oh, that's fine. That's not a big deal. Though they're I, not going anywhere. You can listen anytime. <laughs> yes, <I will. laughs> no, I yes, will. It's that been was a busy
1: him. week. We've been a little behind, so so I've I've checked out their stuff. Their amps look incredible. It, uh, how did that conversation go with him? Because his stuff just looks phenomenal. It
0: doesn't just look
1: phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm. If you prowl my feet at
0: all, you'll notice I'm a little bit of a of a fanboy of his. He's, oh, he's a yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I I really dig uh, all of his stuff, and he has actually been inside all of my amps except one. Wow, Yeah, wow. and done and either done repairs or modifications or both. So, uh, yeah, I've known him for a couple of years, so um, I'm a pretty big fan of his work. And, Very uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, he he built he built me a a monarch here last Christmas, and uh, yeah, it's
1: uh it's my go to ninety nine percent of the time that thing rips. Great. I have some friends that play some of his amps. Um, uh, Wade Burden is a is a buddy of mine. He plays his amps, and he was saying it sounds great. So I've always wanted to. You know, it's one of those things you always want to. Uh, uh, you always hear something sounds great, but until you play it in person, you just you really don't 100 percent know. You can trust everyone around you and, and buy one, but until you get it in your hands and play it, you're like, yeah, yeah, I think it's great. Instead of just everyone else's, I, I really would love to try one of his amps out at some point. Uh, I'll, you know, that's gonna be a life goal. Definitely try out a Benson amp because I hear good things. But well, and he's got a lot of interesting things coming in,
0: down the pipeline too. Which oh yeah, everybody kind of heard on the last episode, but um, or not the last episode, but episode two, and. Uh, you know, for a while he's just kind of had the Monarch, which is like a 15 watt, um, you know, guitar amp with different voicings. Sounds awesome, and that's what I have. And then he had the the Gnostic bass amp, which was just a beast. And now he's he's talking about expanding in in uh, he's uh, he ta- he mentioned a 30 watt version of the Monarch, and then he's working on a little project for me right now that's a one watt. So. We'll see where that ends up going. So
1: yeah, that's cool. I've got um, I've got a one and a half watt amp that I that I love. Um, and then I've got a five watt amp. But, uh, yeah, I I you know I'll be honest. I really dig small amps. Like, I love the sound you get from big you know heavy wattage amps. But, um, I'm playing my my main amp right now is either the the risen bedrock, which is one and a half watts, or the uh, the risen um claymore which is, I think, 12 watts. And so I, I really dig small amps kind of on the edge of explosion or you know, even just dial down and getting a nice clean for a, for a bass tone. But <clears throat> there's something to be said about amp, small amps that you can really crank, you know? Yes, there's I that, agree. Because you can really crank them in smaller venues and get that nice saturated tone without having to get that overwhelming volume, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. So for sure, I, I the Risen stuff
1: would... looks great too. That looks, he
0: looks like he's got some cool stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, we're, um, the Risen I have, um, uh, I still won't say exactly what it is cause it's just not done yet, but we're in the middle of a collaboration with them. We just did a shop walkthrough video and you can kind of see, I, I showed that we, um, it, it's a collaboration we're doing and, uh, it'll be available only through us, uh, and it's got our logo on the back. And it's a Claymore, but it's got some stuff changed around on it specifically for us. Um, so that, that's kind of what we're doing. But I won't say what those changes are until I have it fully released. But um, I'm really excited about it. But, yeah, no, Drew and, and Lucas over at Risen, are, they, they know their stuff. Um, they, they, they all got started by they sent me a Claymore to try out last year. It's been that long. Wow. Um, and I, I, I fell in love with it. But I've had some ideas of some slight changes that we can make just to make it a little bit more usable for me without changing the base tone. And so, anyway, uh, so we're 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 collaborating on that right now. We're, it'll have some special things that make it truly creation, but also still a risen claymore. So, um, but yeah, I w- I love that name, that claymore. That's that's sick. I love. that. Did you? Okay, so <laughs> I don't I don't I think it might have been just on their Instagram. I don't think they put it on YouTube, but. Just for grins and giggles, okay, so they have um, they have two uh, looks for the Claymore. They have one that's wrapped in white Tolex with, I think, black piping, and then they have the base model, which is uh, it's, it's a pine cabinet that's been painted green and lightly relic to make it look all army-ish Claymore. Okay. Know? Well, they took a video. I guess they had an old enclosure or something like that, and they live uh, – well, uh Drew just moved to, to right outside Nashville, but they used to both live in Indiana, and uh, so they took it out in their backyard in the country, and they tossed it up in the air, and they shot it with a shotgun, and it just you see this amping enclosure just flying through the air in partial pieces. It was it was it was just great fun to watch them. You know this amp that's called a claymore. and They're making it explode in the air. That was perfect. That, that sounds like a
0: a good time. They should have. Wonder if they should have loaded it up with some tannerite or something and really. Oh, that would have been
1: awesome. <laughs> Can you okay? You know, have you ever seen people like take uh, tennis balls and load them with match heads and then throw them? They kind of explode. Like, oh, hey, yeah. you, mean, you have or haven't?
0: Oh, I've seen that before, yeah.
1: Yeah, it would have been awesome if they could have some, you know that sort of effect. The second the, the gun, the, the sh- uh, spray hit it, it just kind of explodes in the air. That would have been perfect. And they could have shaved that video shot for their, all their promos for the Claymore. That would have been great. Yeah. I'll have to check that video out, though. That sounds like yeah, a good time. Yeah, it's probably buried somewhere on their Instagram feed, and it's just always stuck on my head. I thought that was hilarious. But
0: oh I can find it. I'm a I'm a good at prowling the gram. So I can find it.
1: (laughs) You know I don't know if that's a good that sounded really creepy.
0: I shouldn't have said that. It sounded a little
1: creeperish, yeah. You know. Um I had Watch out. (laughs) (laughs) I had no idea how Instagram worked before I started creation. I had to completely learn. I just never bothered with it. Um but speaking of
0: Yeah, I've this is my first yeah, the the tone mob stuff is the first time I've ever had any kind of social media ever, so this is all kind of new territory
1: to me, also. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember like the first time I ha- I didn't know how hashtags work. I think the first thing I ever posted on our Instagram was like. I posted a, a shot of one frame. We had measured something out and then I was just messing around right about the time I started using Instagram is when you could first start doing video with it. So I like – I didn't even know that it recorded sound. I thought it was just – because I had my phone on silent and didn't know and I was just recording video. I think I recorded us sweeping or uh, vacuuming up you know, uh, wood shavings uh, <laughs> and, and I didn't realize it was recording audio. So I just put it on there thinking it looked cool and you know, sucking up a pile of wood shavings with the shot back. And then about a week later, I discovered that it had volume and it was really loud and it probably annoyed people. I was like, oh, crap. Well, oh, well,
0: (laughs) too late. It's on the internet. It's going
1: away now. Sometimes I feel like an old man. I'm still in my 20s and I don't know how some of these things work just because, you know, I don't necessarily jump on the latest and greatest fads. But with this, you know, you have to use social media. So like, uh, it's funny. Periscope's the big thing now and I've, I think I've done okay with that so far, but the other day I got invited to watch a video with Periscope and I have no idea how you do that. Like I can, screen, I can, <laughs> I can do all that stuff and I can tap and turn the video around, but how in the world do you invite somebody to watch, to watch you, uh, Periscope? I I didn't know you could do that. So I haven't got a clue. I, I,
0: I've been on there. Well, I was watched yours a couple times. I was, I was on there when, uh, when Kelly was in your shop and, uh, I and I was honestly on there trying to be like okay, well I'll see how John does it. Maybe I can figure out how this stupid thing works cuz I don't understand. I'm just like you. I feel like I'm I I'm an old soul apparently. I don't yeah. know. I don't I don't get it. Well, and I'm tech
1: savvy. <laughs> I just don't necessarily know how all this stuff works. But Yeah, I you know, hey, kudos to you for this app to record the uh the podcast. Uh, you know, you found that and that works seems to work pretty good.
0: It's a, uh, it's pretty brilliant, and I'll go ahead. I love it so much. I'm going to give it a plug. It's called Ringer. So if anybody else is going to try to do a podcast where they talk nonsense with somebody that
1: is across the country, <laughs> check out Ringer. So yeah, go Ringer. Um, yeah. oh, y- you know, you were talking about like uh, Periscope, how to kind of figure out how to do it. I I've learned that my friends, I've learned that if you actually answer people's questions and give them real information, you instantly lose followers. The second you both... <laughs> <laughs> the second, okay. the second you are are no longer entertaining them and doing the dance monkey dance, uh, they they leave your room. Like you'll get thirty or forty followers or, or people watching your your stream, and then you'll have somebody ask. Like you'll just be talking and then walking around the shop or doing something silly or you know whatever and you'll, you'll be talking to them, and somebody asks you a question. You'll stop what you're doing for a second to answer your question, and it'll instantly go from 30 to 15. That's how they, the, the Periscope goes. So, you know, if you're going to Well, Periscope, that really
0: shoots... Uh, yeah, that shoots my theory down. I was going to use it for Q&As, and now, I'm, now I'll, I'll just be answering nobody, I guess.
1: Well, I think what, the reason why is because Periscope has that map, so you can see when somebody's on nearby... So, your target audience might stay in the room, but the people that just saw you pop up on the map and, like, oh, what's this? And they go in the room and they see this person and they're, they look kind of cool, but the second they start talking gear jargon that they have no idea what it means, like, ah, this is boring now, I'm gone. You mean not everyone is interested in. How analog delays function? No, apparently not. I, I don't, don't understand i don't understand. People I don't like understand that. that either. How do you not want to know that information? How do you not want to know the difference between bucket brigade and tape delay? How do you not? How, how does that not benefit your life? Exactly. Well, I try to explain it to my wife, and and
0: she tends to leave the room. So she, I, I don't know. Apparently, she's on that team too. I don't know.
1: I I've learned with my wife, I have like a. Uh, uh, a one time pass every couple of weeks to sh- talk about gear. So, uh, you know, she, she doesn't want to hear about it. She just wants me to, she wants to tune it out or, or, you know, just me just do it by myself. Uh, that sounded wrong. Um, just wants me to <laughs> look at gear by myself, uh, or not talk to her about it. But then like, for instance, there'll be this one piece of gear, like for instance, the last piece of gear I was super excited to buy was a new neighbor slate with the expression, uh, pedal. And, uh, I've been researching it. I've been looking at it. I've been listening to a million different demos. I never got a chance to try one out, but I went and bought it anyway. But So I finally was like, can I show you something? Can I show you something? She's like, what? And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I haven't asked her to show – or I haven't asked to show her uh, any video for gear in like two weeks. So I'm good. I get like a one-time pass every couple of weeks to show her something. And she's like, what is it? And I was like, come over. She's like, look at this reverb. And, of course, she actually liked that because she's like, wow, that sounds. that sounds really good. I like the way that sounds because she can appreciate it. It's when I start talking to all the technical jargon of well, you can split this into stereo and it can go out into, into a clean and a dirty <laughs> amp and you know she's like, I don't even you're talking a different language. I don't care what you're saying right now.
0: So <laughs> yeah, yeah I have to I have to use my, my, my gear conversations with my wife. I have to plant the seeds um, for things I want like like I have to talk about it for a good year. Before I actually go get it, because then then she's well, you've wanted that for a while, so it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's how I
1: was with the Nuvver. Yeah, I I, had, yeah. I wanted that for a long time. Well, <clears throat> I had I, I had that really crappy. Well, it wasn't crappy. It was okay. I had that Marshall reflector, and then I switched to a Blue Sky, and that was my main reverb. And then I had a Hall of Fame. I, I swapped out some other reverbs in between, but my main reverb for a long time was a Hall of, or was a Blue Sky and then sometime last year I switched to the walrus audio descent and I mm-hmm. had the I, I had the I decided I wanted a universe slate because of the wet reverb and the Seraphim reverb sounds that it can do for a long time and I had the opportunity to sell the descent for basically what I had in it so it was kind of like a free pass I could I could get rid of it and then get another one back again um, so I went ahead and sold the descent and I do miss it I love the walrus descent that is a killer reverb but I went ahead and I sold it, and I will probably get another Descent, but I won't be selling the Slate to get the Descent back. I I love the Slate too much. So though that's kind of my history of, of my reverbs there. But, um, I mean, I've had a bunch of others, but my main reverbs is... So my top two right now is I really love the Descent, and I really love the Slate. I've always wanted to um, get some of the Mr. Black Supermoons and things like that. Oh, yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, I mean, those just sound incredible, but... Um, I'll tell you what. Also, is on my, my gear radar is the the new reverb. I, I can't remember how to exactly pronounce it, but it's the new one coming out from Caroline Philippe over at Caroline. Did oh, a the really El meteor or yeah, something the, like that? It's it's just yeah, meteor is what it, I think it is. It, um, yeah. he he really knocked it out of the park on that one. Like it, it, it reinvents the way you think about a reverb, if that makes any sense. Like it's not, it's it's just different. It's it's like it's, it's 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 its own category of reverb. It's not like oh, it's another spring reverb. Oh, it's another shimmer reverb. No, it it's its own. That's that's why I love Caroline and Greer so much. Is like they don't take status quo. They they really come up with their own unique ideas that are usable. A lot of guys come up with unique ideas that are like that's great. How would I use it? Um, but yeah, the Meteor is on my is on my gear radar as well for a really good reverb. That's you know, I love the kilobyte, um and they're they're kind of similar in, in in stuff, but and similar in their platforms, but Reverb. It's just it's a killer pedal. Yeah, it looks really cool. I'm really
0: anxious to try that thing out.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it yeah, I could ramble on about that and some more, but I'll just say it it is phenomenal. We'll just leave it at that. <clears throat> so what? Um... What's on like? What's your most recent acquisition? like on your gear radar? I'm gonna gotta interview you for a second. What's the What's the pedal that's killing you right now? The pedal that's killing me right
0: now. Um, let's see. I I have I I've recently got to play. Um, I, since we're talking reverbs, one of the coolest reverbs that I've played to date uh, is the Solid Gold Effects Surfer. Surf Rider version three. Okay, I just got a chance to play that, and um, it's not just it. It kind of, it almost like you you see it and you're like, okay, that's gonna be a spring, and that t- that tone is there. You can get the spring, um, but the way they've done it, it 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 can do much more than that. It can get uh you know big room sounds. It can get hall type tones. It's all in how you dial it in. And um they, they did a really good job with kind of making the the reverberation sit in the mix. You know what I mean? Okay. Like yeah. sometimes things kinda get wishy washy and, and really buried or mm-hmm. they're really bright and in your face. And this just no matter where you have the tone control set, it's it's I hard to make it sound bad. Like it just it sounds great. And then it has a boost button on it. Oh, that's interesting. You, you see that in reverb. Yeah, it's killer. It it takes you from,
1: hey, I got some reverb to hey,
0: I got some reverb. Like wow. it's, that's the best way I can describe it. It's
1: really oh, awesome. That sounds really cool. I I will say this, uh, reverb's my favorite effect. I'm a I'm a total reverb junkie. I, it's, and it's funny because I own so many more delays and drives, but I am a I'm a reverb junkie. I could sit there and own twenty or thirty reverbs and be. Just in heaven, just playing with it. Oh, yeah. literally, it would sound like it too. But you know, <laughs> uh, I could literally just try out reverb pedals all day long. Drives are awesome, you know, straight up rock and roll. But I love a good thick, heavy reverb sound. Yeah, I I I enjoy
0: reverb, so I'm very picky. Um, but yeah, that one's really been doing it for me lately. I have not played the earlier versions. This is version 3, so I don't know. I can't speak to the earlier versions. I'm a gotcha. pretty big fan of that company, which, there again, people who are on my feed will notice that. So, um, from way back. Like, I've always dug their stuff. So, Gotcha. Um, The other one that I love, my other favorite reverb, is my Mr. Black Eterna.
1: Oh, um, yeah. No, that's a Dude, Mr. Black makes some incredible pedals. Oh, yeah, Jack DeVille, Jack DeVille is killing it. Yes. He's got some anybody new ones in coming Anybody too, in this
0: Yeah, he's he's oh, he's got this new flanger coming out or flanger. I never know how to say that word, so forgive me everybody. I think it's flanger,
1: but uh coming out The Shepherd's End, have you seen that? Uh, I've seen the photo on his Instagram. I haven't had a chance to check out any of the the demos or sound bites, but I mean, it's, it's I a Jack DeVille it creation. It's got to be amazing, right?
0: It, it's a trip it's a trip uh, I lied I said I hadn't heard anything but I have so I, I guess I can't say that I haven't why I said that I don't know anyway <laughs> uh, it's it's a trip um, I don't know like I've never had a pedal well a flander in general that I just was like oh I'm interested in this and I'm gonna use it all the time that one I'm gonna have to pick up and experiment with so yeah
1: uh, that'll be cool you know I've noticed I've noticed that the- if flangers or, or flangers or whatever we're deciding they're, they're pronounced. I think I say flanger, but we'll, we'll go with your okay. flange, flanger right now. Whatever it is. um, is, I've noticed that flangers are catching on. I've noticed that phasers and flangers are like, all of a sudden everyone's coming out with, uh, you know, for a while it was, everyone had to get these delays. They wanted analog delays, uh, boutique analog delays, and then um, you know, of course there's the Strymon stuff, and the, the DSP, and every, everything was delay, and then course, then everyone started doing reverbs. um You know, the the descent came out. Uh, not to say they're all copying each other. That's not what I'm saying at all. It's just like it's almost like a trend. It's like, oh, we need a reverb for our line because you know, let's think, face it, the boutique world's not very old. So a lot of these companies are still kind of developing a full line of pedals. So it's like, and now all of a sudden, you're seeing a lot of companies coming out with with phasers and flangers and, and different because they've because they've gotten to the point where they've got a whole line of drives. They've gotten. Their trems and their delays and their reverbs set up. They've gotten their you know their their auxiliary pedals or different switches and whatnot. It's like oh what else is there? Well, there's flangers. Well, let's make a flanger that's cool. Let's make a flanger that's actually usable because some of the old ones, in my opinion, were were borderline just odd sounding. And so now it's like the stuff that's coming out. It's like wow, this is this is different. This is actually something you could use. Um, you I could see myself finding a way to to blend that into my sound. Whereas you know. Three or four years ago, I never thought I would even like that effect. You know what I mean? Exactly.
0: Yes, I'm totally with you on that.
1: It's and it's funny how they're all you know different people: chorus flingers, and uh, uh, phasers. They're all kind of coming back. I think I think Walrus again. I think has um, that uh, Vanguard dual uh, phaser is what they have. It's two phasers in one box. Um, so like there, that's their version, and then the one you were just talking about. Um, just other companies, but, it's like everyone's all of a sudden coming out with those, those really odd sounding effects. Yeah. Didn't old blood noise, they just, the reflector, that is, I can't remember what that is. Does that ring in a thought, bell to you? I uh, I know. I thought the, that was a phaser. I know oh, they, they came out with it. The, they just came out with a phaser. I can't remember if the reflector was their reverb or if that was their new phaser. It's one or the other. No, the, the, the
0: reverb. No, I'm losing my mind. Well. That's another thing. I've done this before. Uh so I'll put that in the show notes when I figure out what it is, everybody.
1: So we'll 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 figure that out.
0: Well, you know, there's a
1: lot of companies. So it's kind of at this point I'm I'm amazed at how many we're able to accurately depict. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, it's I think if we forget one, we we should be forgiven. <laughs> right?
0: Well, yes, come on. I mean, yeah. yes. We we know it all, but we don't know it all. I mean, come on.
1: No. Yeah. But <clears throat> well, anyway, well, John,
0: yeah. yeah. It's been it's been pretty awesome. I uh people are probably getting uh, tired of this ending. I do the same ending almost every time, but we are uh we have clocked over the hour mark and uh I try to try to keep it at that for uh everybody involved. So if you uh, had any uh, closing thoughts, now would be a good time.
1: Um Closing thoughts, man. Uh, I'm, time kind of flew by on that. Honestly, it's you know one of those things. Just talking, chatting gear with a buddy just kind of goes right on by. Um, you know, closing thoughts. Uh, I, I don't. Honestly, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I've done a lot of these these podcasts. I don't keep checking us out. We've got some new stuff coming out. Um, feel free to ask us questions if you ever have any. Um, you can reach me directly. Uh, john at creationmusiccompany.com for my email. Um, you can also feel free to message us on Instagram. Um, check us out and, and communicate with us on Periscope when we're there or you know, you can call the shop directly if you'd like. The information's on the website. Uh, we're always happy to answer any questions about our products um, and you know, if you have any questions about the videos we have coming out, any of the other products coming out soon, just always happy to chat and communicate with, with customers and answer any questions they have we we like we love being a resource that's kind of where we're where we're headed right on
0: well john i want to thank you very much for coming on it was a a good time talking gear talking everything it was really awesome thanks for coming on
1: oh no problem man it was genuinely a pleasure um like i said you know it's what i said earlier in the, in the in the podcast about honor to do it man it's 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 absolutely my pleasure and uh maybe maybe later on down the road when we, we can do something like this again. That would be lots of fun. But <clears throat> I, I appreciate you ha- for having me. I appreciate uh, everyone who's uh, supported our company to get us to the point where we're on shows like this. So <laughs> all around, thank you, everyone. I appreciate it very much. Right on. All right. Well, for
0: John Snyder, this is Blake Wyland, and I hope you all have a good rest of your day.
1: Thanks again, John. All right. No problem, man. Thank you very much for having me. Yep. Bye.